0: Welcome to Percolating Perspective, your podcast to examine and fall in love with American culture together while enjoying a cup of wonderfully black coffee. We have a very exciting episode this week. You do not want to miss it. I'm your host, Gordon Michael Porter. Please subscribe and hit the notification bell. Once you've done that, please leave us a five-star review. In that review, please leave the name of your favorite coffee in your comment. And I'll sip it the very next podcast with a shout-out to you for the recommendation and the review. Today on Percolating Perspective, we analyze the American wardrobe for the American male. But first, the most important part of the show... The drip of the day today is a nod to the Italians, Lavasa Classico. This is one of my favorite coffees. In fact, I am going to take a sip right now. Mm. You can order this direct from Lavasa on their website, or you can buy uh, this at any local grocery retailer. Lavasa Classico is a genuinely delicious, straight out of the bag black cup of coffee. It's rich without being bitter. It's bold without being overbearing. I am, And it's gone. It's simple, it's effective, and it is just darn tasty. It is the perfect sipping companion for our topic this week, the American man's wardrobe. There's so many places I could start on this topic, um, but American style, unlike most other countries, is readily identifiable as American. If a Frenchman puts on a pair of cowboy boots and a pair of blue jeans, he no longer looks like a Frenchman. Although it might just be Steve Martin uh, running around as the Pink Panther incognito uh, and doing a bad job of it. Almost all American styles, though they have been altered over time, so to speak, almost all come from utilitarian background with blue jeans and American invention being front and center in almost every one of them. The American blue-collar working wardrobe comes directly from cowboy and western attire. Now becoming popular again with the Netflix show Yellowstone, cowboy and western style is probably the longest-living men's style in America. While most cowboy boots worn today have never been basted in cow manure and left on the porch to air out, the origin of the entire look comes from the rugged frontier of the American West. Everything about the cowboy's wardrobe was a tool of some sort. His hat was his water canteen, his shade, his eye protection, spurs he wore to direct his beast, his handkerchief being insect repellent, a bandage, sweatband, a water filter sometimes, sunscreen for his neck. His jeans, probably made by Levi Strauss of San Francisco, California, were just as tough as he was, with copper rivets and hand-sewn stitching being brutally worn against the hide of the cowboy's horse and the leathers from the saddle, keeping him comfortable and dramatic climate changes from the desert of West Texas, to the mountains of Wyoming and Colorado. Today, it's still a staple of the American man's work attire. Ruggedness and durability are absolute non-negotiables in the blue-collar world, and it seems the American cowboys had it right from the very beginning. From the farm to the construction site, you will inevitably find cowboy boots, jeans, heavy canvas, and uh, denim shirts, probably even a cowboy hat or two. In fact, I've even seen hard hats that are shaped like cowboy hats. Effective, durable, but at the same time, a good-looking ensemble. Great examples of this style are consistently portrayed on screen by John Wayne, Clint Eastwood, even Jimmy Stewart, my hero on occasion. Uh, Another good one is James Coburn, uh, a forgotten great Western actor, uh, James Coburn eventually had to give up acting uh, because of his—he had arthritis, really bad. Uh, and in fact, if you're a millennial or maybe born, you know, shortly uh, after, you know, in the late '90s, if you've ever seen the movie *Snow Dogs* uh, with uh, Cuba Gooding Jr., you might remember Thunder Jack. Thunder Jack was James Coburn. He was a American Western hero and a six-foot-four stud. But, moving forward through time, from the 1880s in West Texas all the way to 1942 in Manhattan, New York, now we find ourselves sitting in a painting by a man named Edward Hopper. The painting goes by the name of Nighthawks. The scene, we see a soda jerk uh, in a diner on a corner, taking orders at a bar for two men in suits, uh, one accompanied with a skinny redhead and a red dress. This painting depicts one of the most difficult times for the common working man in American history, the Great Depression. One of the most overlooked features of this painting is the dress code that we are uh, we're portrayed in this painting, what we are told is the dress code for everyday life in the early 20th century. What people today might call business formal was once everyday standard attire, and in my opinion, that change in culture from this painting to the modern day is one of the biggest gut punches in history. If you don't know who Humphrey Bogart is, I want you to pause this episode right now. I want you to type his name into Google Images and behold the magnificence that is gracing your phone screen. Bogart was, he was American culture in 1942. If you've ever seen Humphrey Bogart uh, in a movie, or if you had the the, the opportunity to see him on the street in 1942, more than likely you would find him dressed in a two- or three-piece suit, a fedora, a tie, a trench coat, and a watch. This was simple and basic attire in 1940. Yet today, if one were to wear this to the store or to work, Without doubt, you would be asked what the occasion was or where you were going. Uh, I typically wear, um, in fact, I always wear a suit to church on Sundays. And without fail, if we go out to eat or go to the store or something after church, the clerk or the waitress, they always ask, where, Why are you dressed up so nice? I'm going to church! You should dress up nice to go to church. But that's a sidetrack. I can't encourage you enough to watch the movie Casablanca. This movie is phenomenal for many reasons, but not the least of which is Humphrey Bogart's attention to detail in his wardrobe and ability to be dressed extremely well without being overdone. And the same is true for the piano player uh, in the movie who plays the song As Time Goes By. Uh, And if I can remember his name, Dooley Wilson was the man's name. Uh, actually couldn't play piano. <laughs> he, the whole part of, in the movie of him playing piano was overdubbed. He did not know how to play piano, but uh, Warner Brothers Studio thought he fit the part, and they borrowed him, I believe, from Paramount Studios. Uh, he had a contract with Paramount across the lot, uh, and he came over to play uh, the part. Sam, uh, the renowned part, play it again, Sam, also was never said in the movie, but that's the line we know. But again, this movie, it really brings out Humphrey Bogart's attention to detail in his wardrobe and, and, and really everybody in the, in the movie, uh, their, their attention to detail in their wardrobe is second to none. Um, that is a very shallow take on the movie because there is so much to go through in that movie. Um, that movie is, is some, that'll be the topic of a, of an episode, I'm sure, um, If you would like to know more on the history and amazing background stories about this movie, I highly recommend you look up the podcast called The American Story uh, by my friend Chris uh, Chris Flannery uh, from the Claremont Institute. Look up the episodes Yvonne, I Love You and As Time Goes By in particular. I challenge you to listen to those two episodes without shedding at least a couple of tears. Uh, The stories of the people involved in that movie... Uh, I won't give the podcast away, uh, they're at least the episodes, but they, the people involved in that movie do not get the credit that they should. Incredible, incredible people on that cast. But to stay on course here, you can't discuss American style without bringing up one man, Cary Grant. Uh, again, if you've never heard of Cary Grant, I want you to pause this episode right now, and let yourself get lost into a Google image or Wikipedia wormhole. Cary Grant is the epitome of American male style, and the most amazing thing about his iconic wardrobe is the simplicity. Those who try to emulate his style today will probably spend hundreds and thousands of dollars on three-piece suits, fine leather shoes, ties that are... And watches that are worth as much as some people's vehicles, and uh, you know, and some of the watches that people have now, they look like they should be, you know, their grandfather's retirement fund in the sock drawer. But Cary Grant didn't do that. In fact, by his own account, he would buy suits off the rack at Sears or Woolworths, maybe have them tailored, and then head to work on the big screen with his $10 shoes and $5 watch attached. In reality, spending a fortune on your wardrobe is generally the exact opposite of what makes American style so unique. Remember, American style almost always is utilitarian. In Bogart and Grant's day, you were expected to be presentable and have a sense of decency and dignity when presenting yourself in public. However, most in their day were impoverished by the still lingering effects of the Great Depression. But, in an effort to maintain an appearance of civilization and decency, they made themselves presentable on a budget. I do want to address something that I think has plagued American men, and men in general, in the Western world, in the modern era. Men in the western world and America are really caught between a societal rock and a hard place. If you spend any amount of time addressing your appearance and even discussing wardrobe like we are now, a lot of times you'll be labeled as effeminate. It is not effeminate to take care of your appearance. Taking the time to be presentable and being detail oriented, uh being detail oriented in what in your Presentation, that is what separates men from boys. It's what separates human beings from animals. It's the act of stewarding and maintaining your God-given earthly vessel and differentiating yourself from a world that is slowly moving towards chaos and going to hell in a handbasket. It's also a matter of discipline. Anyone can throw on a pair of sweatpants and a t-shirt or a hoodie with a hole in it. But there is no self-control or discipline in that, and there's certainly no pride in that. You'll notice that the military expects nothing less than a perfectly organized and manicured soldier. Is it effeminate for a Marine to ensure that his dress blues are well-fitting, clean, polished, straight, centered, and detailed? Of course not. His appearance and his dress Not only is a matter of self-discipline for himself and a matter of respect for the branch he serves, but it also tells the world with an unmatched amount of grace that he is a finely-tuned machine that has the courage to kill a terrorist and then the heart to weep over his fallen brothers. The American style is a matter of utility, self-discipline, and respect. From the cowboy to Cary Grant, the way you present yourself means everything. As your friend, I challenge you today, take the time to discipline yourself in your appearance. I don't care what you do for a living. I don't care if you change oil in cars. I don't care if you dig ditches. I don't care if you're bagging groceries at Walmart. I don't care if you're a stockbroker in Manhattan. Don't show up to work with an untucked shirt. Even if it's a polo and jeans or, uh, you know, even if it's a t-shirt and, and canvas pants, don't show up to work with your untucked shirt that you want to be presentable. You want to, you want to walk in there like you own the place. And, and without doubt, your superiors will take notice. I promise you, they will take notice. And if you are in the right company are in the right, you know, organization, not only are they going to take notice and possibly, you know, really take an interest in you, but it actually does something for you too. It gives you a sense of respect. It gives you a sense of decency. And, and I believe your work product will improve. If you are traveling on an airplane for the love of all that is holy and decent, do not throw on a hoodie and sweatpants to travel on an airplane. I, I can't, you are, <laughs> not to get on a hobby horse here, you, are, you paid $500 or more for this plane ticket to get in a seat and travel hundreds of miles an hour in one of the most amazing pieces of equipment the world has ever produced, and you are going to put on a pair of sweatpants? And slippers to go in an airport where the entire world, literally the entire world, can see you. Why don't you go in there and own the place? Look good. I don't care if it's 6 o'clock in the morning. I don't care if it's 10 o'clock at night. When you go get on that airplane, you, you should look better than the stewardess. This is... this this whole topic we're gonna we're gonna spend some time on this in the future but trim your nails brush your teeth please wear deodorant put on a splash or two of aftershaver cologne always be looking for a reason to wear a nice pair of trousers and a button-up always be looking for a reason to dress above the rest Again, we're gonna do a few more episodes uh, episodes on this and really dive into American style for men. We're gonna to get together some interviews and talk to some men that that really have some uh, some background in this area and have a what I think is a good head on their shoulders when it comes to American style and just men's fashion in general. Um, I think this is something that's really overlooked by our feministic society and we are here to challenge that. I don't remember much about my great-grandfather, Earl Murphy, as he died when I was fairly young. But I do remember him wearing a bow tie and a button-up for dinner. I remember him as a clean, self-respecting man, not only because of the stories my grandmother and my father have told me about him, but just the memory of him taking the time to make himself presentable for something as routine as dinner. My own grandfather, Gordon, is this way also. A man of amazing moral standards and courage on one hand, but one of, the most, uh, one of the things that most recognize him by is his desire to look good and to clean up for the occasion, whatever the occasion is. <laughs> you should see him when he works on the septic tank. That's one tough-looking stinker. <laughs> that one's for you, Pawpaw. America, I love you. It's time to get out of your spiritual depression, get out of the sweatpants, and get into a three-piece suit with a tie, polish your shoes, brush your hair, keep your beard trimmed or shaved, it's time to tell the world that you mean business. And it's time to tell the world that you demand respect and nothing less. And your wardrobe plays a huge, huge part in that. And not just your wardrobe. You don't have to spend a ton of money and go to a men's warehouse and drop a fortune. You What you do have, put it on well. Again, you know, something as simple as when you put your belt on, a huge pet peeve of mine, when you put your belt on, make sure that your belt buckle is, is aligned with your zipper. And if you're wearing a button-up, make sure that your, your buttons, your belt buckle, and your zipper are all straight and in a line. That kind of attention to detail is what we're looking for. You do that, you start taking that kind of attention to detail in yourself that will that will translate into your work, into your relationships, into your spiritual life, into your family life. Uh, it, it, you start taking attention, uh, you start spending time and taking attention uh, and putting attention into your wardrobe and into how you manicure yourself and take care of yourself, brush your hair, you know I like I like for my barber to give me a hard part and the reason for that it's easy and it looks really good and I don't have to spend time trying to find my part making sure that it's perfectly parted it makes work easy on yourself uh, and you look really good and you have to you spend very little time doing it but it's a detail thing with that until next week I'm your fellow well-dressed American Gordon Michael Porter God bless clean up take care